It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. We continue to be tardy to the party. But as Eric Bischoff himself would say, we're back and better than ever. And as always, I'm your friendly neighbourhood, Carl. And yes, your Tony senses tingling, because joining me as always, it's Anthony. Anthony, say hi to the peeps. Hi, peeps. And Carl, of course. Hi, Carl. And How me. Are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Not three bad, my friends. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. And obviously, we've got a fantastically polarising uh, world of wrestling this week, haven't we? Like, nothing's <laughs> divided fans more than people maybe working for other shows, which is just, you know. Imagine. Imagine. Someone maybe changing their job has been like the biggest uh, thing of controversy on the, the internet wrestling community I've seen in a while. How dare they? Naturally. That's why. How dare they? Motherfuckers. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that properly, Carl, when we get to the ringside report. But you know what we need to do first? Oh, no, I didn't know. Do you know? Because, Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know? There we yeah. go. Did it. Took yeah, a while, but it did it. So, Anthony, since, you know, spoilers, we're going to be talking about Eddie Guerrero. Um, in our premiere edition of the Superstar Spotlight, I felt it was only right to do an Eddie fact this week. And as we I know, like Eddie comes from a great lineage in pro wrestling. His dad, mm-hmm. his uncle being absolutely huge in Mexico. Obviously his brothers, cousins, and now even his daughter are involved in wrestling today. But how old do you think Eddie Guerrero was when he had his first wrestling match in front of a live audience, Anthony? It's either going to be really old or really young. <laughs> and it can't be really old. So, two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it's not two. Um, slightly <laughs> older. Um, he was nine, Anthony, nine years old when Eddie Guerrero had his first ever match against his dad, Gory Guerrero. And it was a two-on-one handicap match. He teamed up with his cousin, Charbo, who was just six at the time. And what makes it even more impressive is they were able to pick up the victory, beating Gory Guerrero, uh, a feat not achieved by many in the business, to be honest. So, yeah, there you have it. Eddie been frog-splashing since he was a tadpole. And that was this week's little-known fact of the week. And here's Road Dog, hopefully less tardy than last time, to sing us out. Oh, you didn't know? Perfect. You did a good job. Did you know, I didn't realise, by the way, that um, Eddie, at one time in his career, or early on in his career, actually um, wrestled under Gory Guerrero Jr. I did not know that, actually. Mm-hmm. I knew he was uh, um, I mean, Black he had Tiger. A few different names. Yeah, but he actually mm. went by Latino Heat at certain times as well, but... Uh, so it's not like not like he didn't change his names up a bit, but I didn't. I never realised he actually went by uh, Corey Guerrero Jr. at any point. Me neither. The more you know, the more. The you more know. you know. <sighs> so, Carl, ringside report. Shall we just start with the probably the biggest one of the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Kick it off. Oh yeah, gotta do the headlines first. Okay, let's do the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Carl, coming up. Tonight in the ringside report, we have the potential of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan joining AEW. We have one Corey. Corey? Why am I saying Corey? We have one Cody Rhodes calling Triple H a role model. Mm. Mm. We have Braun Strowman attending a bare knuckle boxing event. 
We have Matt Cardona becoming the new GCW champion. We have Jeff Hardy testing positive for COVID-19. We have WWE announcing USA versus Vince McMahon as a series. We have Emi Sakura joining AEW full-time. We have Nikki Ash being booed at house shows. We have Britt Baker breaking her right wrist at Fighter Fest. And we have WWE introducing a new robot mascot on Raw. Of course they are. Of course, of course they are. That just, just seems like exactly something they would do. <laughs> yeah. So, as I say, Carl, right back to where I was a minute ago. Shall we start with the biggest one? Let's start with the biggest one. It seems to have been somewhat polarising in the wrestling world. So, news broke probably almost a week ago now because, you know, we're, we're late in what we do. Um, but still, if you, haven't heard, it, about it. if you haven't heard about Everyone it already... Everyone else has had their moan. Um, Fightful Select dropped a massive bombshell that one and only CM Punk was in serious talks with AEW. Now, later in the same day, uh, Bodyslam.net reported that Daniel Bryan had actually signed with AEW. Um, So, yeah, basically all the shit hit the fan um, last week. And it uh, it was quite... Interesting, really, in terms of the reaction we had. So the belief um, is that the original plan was going to be holding off uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever it's going to be called, probably uh, Danielson, um, until after All Out takes place to kind of set up some new storylines. Um, but now with the announcement of uh, Punk potentially joining the company as well, we know that All Out takes place in Chicago. And so, you know, it would make sense for, you know, the Chicago-made Punk um to show up in chicago so yeah we don't know what that means for brian danielson uh, whether that means they will accelerate think, his debut or i don't think we can ever have an all-out where we um because i recall was it the last all-out how many all-outs have we had now um but we had shake it all about we'd had the in out in out yeah yeah um, yeah now um do you remember there was an all-out and because they used the um the, the stars the red stars on the logo. Everyone was like, ah, it means punk. It's a hint of punk. Do you remember that? And that was like last year or the year before. Oh yeah. It seems all out is like constantly connected with the same punk. Like it's going to be, this is the time. And to be honest, like I really want punk to turn up just because it'll mean he's actually fucking followed through with something for once. <laughs> Cause I'm sick uh, of the hints. I'm sick of like, uh, well, I mean, little- all the little hints or suggestions on Twitter all the time. Just fucking come back or don't, man. I don't know. You know, you know. I saw his UFC debut. It looked like he followed through. Um, <laughs> tell you that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it would be pretty huge if true. Um, because yeah. you know, Punk, as you say, has been a bit of a troll. He's he's teased a lot of stuff. He's also you know consistently brought up stuff about wrestling and like oh yeah maybe i should go back or oh i'm never going back and it's always you never know <laughs> it's always fucking going on about it basically um so he's a bit of a wild card if he does now finally decide to turn up in aw because obviously he's tried other endeavors i think he's done some stuff in the comic book world he's done obviously a uh, UFC by all accounts attempt. people look at the ufc stuff but by all accounts he's done quite well in the comic book stuff mm. as is his missus yeah um, um cool what I was going to say is she um, obviously AJ. Is she does she illustrate them? Does she write them? Um, I know well, that I wasn't, she's got. I wasn't expecting a series the of comics Carl. <laughs> Tell she me does more. Something with comics. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
No, I, I know she's, know um, she's she's found some success in in the comics as well, but I couldn't tell you what what it is she does. Right. Apologies um, to AJ because I'm sure I would be interested. I've just not got around to looking at, into the comics at all. Right, We're busy okay. men. We we spend so, week week after week bitching about wrestling. You think we got time for this? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, for me, I uh, I think Punk would be. Realistically, he'd be a great addition. He was a, a, a massive deal in WWE, and he's definitely going to bring eyes to AEW. It's the type of signing that AEW should definitely make. Um, mm-hmm. I think someone like in both a, a CM Punk and Daniel as being like that—that's going to move the needle, as it were. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they're totally right. If they sign either one or both of these guys, it's going to make a, a huge impact to AEW. I mean, and they're I've already killing it, but. Well, you know, the people who haven't just been absolutely appalled by the potential of this happening, the ones who actually seem open to it um, have, have said, like, even if they don't watch AW today, that would make them at least watch it and see what it's all about. So I think you're right that these are kind of needle-moving acquisitions. Yeah. Um, and and we talk about punk. getting people who probably haven't watched it at all to look at it, and if they find something in there that they like beyond uh, Punk and Brian, then they're going to stay. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about Punk. Uh, obviously, he was super successful and was obviously white white hot uh, before he decided to, to step away um but then on the on the reverse of that you've got you know brian danielson who was in the main event of wrestlemania this year like he hasn't even been away like he's still white hot <laughs> he's like no, one yeah. of the he's one of the top names come off the back end of like um roman reigns and edge exactly um so yeah i think it'd be absolutely phenomenal for for the company to get you know this this level of talent I think it's fucking laughable though that Daniel Bryan's not been with WWE for a few months now, and there was talks of him going all over the place, going New Japan here and I think no one, no one said a fucking word, you know, no one had a problem, no one messaged him privately, no one went on his social media and gave him hassle or threatened him. But the minute you mention AEW, suddenly he's a cunt and <laughs> he's he's a horrible traitor and he should never have done what he's done and he should show more respect to WWE and it's like. Where'd all this shit come from? Because he's not been there for a while, you know, guys. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like fans are fickle. Um, it's almost like it's... the AEW, and it didn't really matter where he went as long as it weren't there. Yeah, we were we, we were joking before we we came on the air today, just kind of about that, just saying like, you know, it's there's always got to be like obsessive fanboys for for stuff. Like I made the comparison of like PlayStation and Xbox. You know what I mean? It's like it's so the same with like WWE and AEW. It's like why can't you just like playing games? Why can't you just like watching wrestling? Who cares? Why have you got to be so into one that the other one is is terrible? It doesn't make any sense. And you know what? The reality of it is, it's like it's this is just different flavors of ice cream. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all ice cream. You know what I mean? Like, that's true why do people get so fucking angry about this shit because it, it, it just made me think about it when you're saying about the, the analogy of like the Playstation to Xbox like it's everyone just wants to play a game mm-hmm. but it really matters what console you're using yeah like, it's fucking weird like we're not all wrestling fans it really matters what show you watch why just yeah. enjoy wrestling guys this doesn't what make much hell? sense does it but I mean I, I, I can sense a new merch opportunity there wrestling it's all ice cream I like it <laughs> I know, but if I only said gravy, it would have been that a classic thing. Oh, gravy. True. Yeah. Yep. But it is, isn't it? Like, it's, it's literally just a bunch of grown men going, well, I prefer chocolate. <laughs> it's like, calm down. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty big 
seismic shift in the wrestling landscape if this comes off. Um, Can I ask? I think there's a slight spoiler because we haven't mm-hmm. talked about AEW. Mm-hmm. But or did we? I don't know anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I was on. expecting a bigger surprise than, and people might come at me for this, but I didn't know who he was. This is why it's not a surprise for me. I was expecting a bigger surprise than Nick Gage. Okay. And I feel like I was expecting, because of all the speculation, I was like, oh, one of them's going to show up like now, sooner rather than later. And I, that is my own fault that I put it in my head, like that's going to happen. And then this guy comes out who had not heard of, again, no disrespect to him. Uh, I just, I'd never heard of him. So I'm like, oh. See, I was I was completely on, on the other side of that because I thought, you know, the, the five labors of Jericho was just all going to be pinnacle members. And, and I was just like, oh, it's going to be so drawn out. So for for it to be anybody but a member of the Pinnacle, I was quite happy. But luckily for me, I saw um, the episode of Dark Side of the Ring about uh, Nick Gage quite recently. Yeah, because um, he'd featured on it, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah and obviously um, he was the one who nearly killed David Arquette. Um, if you watch David mm. Arquette's documentary, he's the one who basically, you know, Arquette was like, don't cut me. And he like, you know, stabbed him in the jugular with a piece of glass or something. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of I was aware of him, um, but yeah, you know I, I think we'll talk about it when we get onto uh, Dynamite. But I I, did I, not know I that. F- fear I fear for Jericho's life. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, they're definitely going to move the needle if they kill him on it. <laughs> oh, they'll move the needle right into his fucking throat, probably. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, but yeah, I think this would be huge. I'm excited to see how it all uh, plays out, and obviously with the news of them getting Punk um, and uh, uh, Danielson potentially uh does that change the the debut of danielson will it become you know much sooner will it be at all out as well you know will it, any of it even happen who knows but it's an exciting time to be I, alive. Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions i'm gonna say something first and i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions so the first thing is um how do you think i've decided to phrase this as a question as well this isn't my question well how do you think uh cm punk could play in AEW? because and i'm not talking about AEW are more like the company all round, but they have a their fan base don't have a, a frustrated side just yet. If you know what I mean, like do, CM Punk played off the frustrated WWE fans really well, mm. in the sense of like he's not getting the opportunity, and he was pointing out all the things that were annoying us WWE fans with WWE, and that was a lot of the lot of the, the points, and that's a lot of what the summer of Punk became. Um, in fact, you know, the pipe bomb was infamously just him airing his frustrations on air. So how do you think it would play in a company where it's not even been around long enough for us to have a lot of frustrations? Because he's going to have to, he can't just play it as punk coming in like, oh, you know, I'm the voice of the voiceless and, you know, I, I, I've got issues. It's like, well, with what? Like, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how he'd even play in uh, AEW. Do you know what? It's a fucking excellent question. Um, I honestly, yeah, I agree. Obviously, there isn't really that, level of aw fans who are just you know oh fucking so tired of this product because it's still so new so i think all that we could potentially see is cm punk still being you know like the other company and like the fans who watch the you know the, the crap in the other company um and kind of coming I, I from do that worry angle. about that you know i worry about that mm. yeah it's a concern isn't it because you know you don't want i mean if you ask anybody in aw um you know it, there isn't a, a war, AW doesn't care about the degree and it's just they want to put the best show out week on week and, and beat themselves as opposed to beating anyone else. Um, but then, 
I don't know, you've seen a couple of stuff there where you think, is that really the case? Like, would they love to you stick it any, to any WWE? WWE people, though? It's like, Vince has probably never even heard of AEW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. So, yeah. No, I think it's a, it's a fucking fantastic question. Um, I honestly don't know the answer. I don't know whether it will he will have as much impact by not being the voice of the voiceless and, you know, whatever character he adopts or whatever his agenda thing, is. Like, as good a wrestler as he is, and he, he obviously was around Ring of Honor, and he was a really talented guy. Genuinely, that what really propelled him was that bitter character, that pissed off bitter character, because he was echoing how a lot of people felt at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering whether he can find a character that that can resonate as well. And um, yeah, I've been but more than that over the last couple of days. Like I don't know, you know, I'm like fearful of his return just because I don't think it's going to land in any way like it probably should. Yeah. He might come. He might come at it from an angle of like you know going after the elite and being like you know you guys trying to run the place and stuff when you know yeah. no one cares about you guys. It's not about you. And well, stuff how like can that. there be an elite without punk kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it. Who knows? But no, it's a. Uh, it was going to be interesting. You know, for all we know, this is just a load of horseshit, and it's never going to be the case anyway. And everyone, will be, you know, it could even hinder Daniel Bryan's. You I'll know, be honest. Debut. <laughs> Khan's hurt me before when he's overhyped mm. stuff and it's not, not been what we thought and you're like oh for fuck <laughs> that was, uh, you, you hyped us up too much yeah. um, and the other question Carl before we move on was just simply to ask are there any particular matches because this is exactly what Brian wanted to leave for in some sense is there any particular matchups that you are dying to see from either Punk versus or Daniel Bryan versus um, I mean obviously uh, Danielson has got some history with Kenny Omega, which I haven't really watched or been a part of. I've seen clips of them, you know, in serious, in serious indie kind of buildings um, from back in the day. Uh, so it'd be great to see them do it on a bigger stage. Um, but I think that's the beauty of it. They're coming into a roster that's got a good mix of kind of young up and coming talent and, you know, some senior heads in there with a lot of experience. So there's a lot of dream matches that could be had, um, for all of them, I think they'll be coming to AEW knowing full well that they are going to be the big stars, but their job will be to to make new talent. You know, think of whether you're a huge fan of him or not, but like Darby Allen, you think of Darby Allen versus either of these two, and straight away it's Actually, like to be honest, like some of the issue I had with Darby Allen was like he he's such a small guy, and I'm not being like. I don't want to be that kind of guy, but I've always been that kind of guy. Like when you have Rey Mysterio versus Big Show, like yeah. I, the matchup's just too odd for me. Um, so Darby Allen, I just think it's hard to put him with certain people, and it feel realistic. That's the issue I've always had. Um, that being said, I wouldn't have an issue with like Darby Allen versus uh, Daniel Bryan. I think they could both run a fucking banger of a match together. To be fair, I've got another two for you as well. So Jungle oh. Boy versus Bryan, I would like mm-hmm. to see. And, yeah. Be- um. Malachi Black and Punk. I think Black and Punk could definitely have some good work together. So you know both. And they kind some... of have that. They've been compared so often that it kind of makes sense that they go against yeah. each other. And I, I don't think you know. I, I mean, I've never seen it. I don't know whether it has happened before in in other places, but that could be something that you build up quite nicely because you know Alistair isn't coming at it as like a a, a proper vet. He never really had the the chance in WWE to be, you know, like a, a main event star. So I think he's in it for the long haul as one of their top stars and they can get it right. So, you know, Punk could make him potentially. So, yeah, I think there's mm-hmm. loads of interesting stuff. You know, we haven't even put MJF and Guevara and, um, 
like literally everybody on the, on the roster could have some decent decent matches with them. So yeah. um, well, yeah. look at promo skills. You know, just MJF against Punk could be a, a boss shout just for the how they can both talk. Oh god, yeah, oh, yeah. They wouldn't even need a match. They could just bitch at each other in a ring for an hour or so. Yeah, it's it's stuff like that which you know it it, it gets you excited and it will set you know certainly hype uh, a lot of matches uh, with with the the way these guys are. So. Yeah, um, all I can hope is that we see it and it happens, and I'm I'm here for it. I want to see it happen, and I want to see what impact it has. You know, a lot of people have made the comparisons to when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash uh, jump ship over from WWF into WCW at the time, um, but I think this is bigger. I don't think the I don't think Diesel or Razor Ramon were at the levels of Punk and Brian when they jumped. Mm, I'd probably disagree with you on Razor Ramon. I, would, I don't you know, think Diesel was. I think Razor Ramon was. I think well, he, I mean, was, he was white hot when he left. Razor, Razor was never a world champ. He was only ever an Intercontinental champ. And even though he, he had the gimmick and he was over with the fans, he was never. He could never be considered as like you know the I'm, top okay, guy. I'll, I'll take your point on on the sort of the tier level, but in terms of like like you say fandom, he was he was super over when he left. Mm. Like Diesel, not so much. He was Razor's buddy, wasn't he? Really, let's be honest. Like, no mm. offense to Nash, he's a fucking legend, but like the the bigger commodity out of the two of them at the time was was uh, Razor Ramon. Yeah, but mm. I think the only the only argument I'd probably make for it it being a, a slightly different level of impact because I'd, I'd agree with you, this might be bigger, but at the same time, it's like one's coming out of a, a long stint away from WWE, and the other's coming out of a few months worth of not being in WWE. Like they pretty much immediately went from one to the other, which yeah, like, that's true. Spun your head. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't think it'll have the same. I think it, it won't have the same sort of head spin effect. No, of being and like I, what the fuck. They all. They also had the, the the heel turn that we thought we'd never see with Hogan as well. So like you know, obviously that all that combination of stuff that happened in WCW is very unlikely to happen again. But unless we can somehow get Cena over there in the next few months and Cena take the heel. Yeah, uh, don't. Then that could be our modern day NWO right there. Don't even. Uh, don't even do it. <laughs> You know, this is why you get disappointed with Christian Anthony. This is why. This is why. It's going to be Brock. It's going to be Cena. No, it was always fucking Christian. It was always Christian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, basically, to, to, to end end the, the news story, I'm excited. I want it to happen. Can't wait for it to happen. Please happen tonight. Yeah. That's, that's, happen that's, tonight. Happen yeah. now. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was story that one. That was the first one. Good one. Good one, good fun. Story two, Carl. It's um, not the biggest news article in the world, but an interesting topic to talk. And this is um, the fact that Cody Rhodes very recently was on um, Inside the Ropes with Kenny McIntosh. And he was talking about Triple H. And obviously they wanted to address the the infamous, uh, was it All Out or All In or whatever they fucking called it, uh, when he, he got the sledgehammer and smashed the throne, which was a definite nod towards Triple H. And I think they were trying to hint you know, when speaking to him about potentially some sort of animosity or whatever there. And he's made it very clear that he, you know, he basically, he has a lot of respect for and really looks up to Triple H and sees him as a role model. He, he actually found him to be an inspiration, not just as a wrestler, but like uh, as an executive, because obviously Cody Rhodes is trying to do a similar thing now to what Triple H was doing. And sort of Triple H has probably gone on to a different um, position since then, but it's certainly what he was doing when, when Rhodes was there. And um, he's he sort of it's been it was a very interesting again um, inside the ropes with Kenny McIntosh if anyone wants to listen to the the actual interview rather than me talking about it. Um, but it, it was a very interesting insight because even sort of not 
explicitly regrets the the throne smashing thing, but he was just sort of like talking about the mentality around it was like what would I, what would serve the biggest impact, and you know my that it the sort of trash talk and having a pop at each other is just kind of part of the business, and he never really saw it as any disrespect to Triple H and that sort of thing. But it's um it's fascinating, especially at this point in time, for him to start talking about respect to to you know one of the basically people running a a completely rival brand so mm. uh, i found it a very interesting one what do you make of it yeah i was surprised by this for him to kind of say he meant no disrespect or whatever by it like literally he came out with a sledgehammer and broke a triple h throne like come on um but i think i don't think it was like because i can kind of get where he's coming from because he was kind of breaking away from that like because he was part of like that whole like legacy thing and like he was kind of breaking away from that do you know what i mean mm. like it wasn't a direct thing that like i hate triple h so i'm gonna smash all this stuff up <laughs> it, 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 i think in his head it just felt like a like breaking away from what he was from what he was and and who he, who he was sort of underneath do you know what i mean yeah it's i mean they've got a re- they've got a proper interesting dynamic these two because if you think about it a lot of the pain that is caused to cody at the minute is directly because of triple h like you know the not being able to use the great american bash and stuff like this it's because triple h wants it in nxt you know him doing the, the dusty classic at the same time is an homage to cody's dad and we all know that triple h and dusty like we got along really well and triple h absolutely loved dusty and by all accounts triple h always offers an invite to both cody and dustin um every time they, they do one of these dusty classics and stuff in case they want to be that's there. nice that's nice to know. So, do you know what I mean? It's just a weird one because I think there's got to be that kind of professional rivalry, but it seems like deep down, Cody obviously has a lot of respect for him and for what he's done in the business and for what he maintains to do as an executive and, you know, similar to his career. It, doesn't it just make the fandom even more baffling that even behind the scenes, though, everyone gets along yeah. in the wrestling industry and yet yeah. we're all hating each other over their, like, business rivalries. It's insane. Yeah, no, definitely. But, uh, but now it's it. it I I think it's because I I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you could have a rivalry and not let it bleed over. But it's it's nice that they can sort of keep that separate because they obviously do still have a lot of respect for each other. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's baffling. Isn't it? <laughs> it is no, it really is. Um, but yeah, I I have to admit I was surprised uh, him coming out and saying like you know call him a role model and stuff. And I think he said that Triple H called him up after the birth of um, his daughter recently as well to congratulate him and stuff so you know it is really nice to see um and obviously they're they're both their their goal in both of their companies is to to make the best company going and put on the best shows that that they can so it's nice to know that there isn't massive animosity there um so yeah i I was just surprised obviously you see the the throne breaking thing with the sledgehammer and you think okay cody's pretty much hates triple h so nice to know that that's not the case but it's weird because like i think that's probably the like I think even he can look back at it now and go, yeah, that was taken the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? But like, mm. I do kind of get where he was trying to come from because he's just trying to break away from what he was and where he come from, which was, you know, his biggest sort of mentor and role model, I suppose, in Triple H. So he's breaking free of it in a way. It, it kind of makes sense, but at mm. the same time, it just seemed like a bit on the nose, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, just a bit, just a bit. Um, but no, fascinating, fascinating one. Um, the next one, Potentially also quite fascinating. Potentially also a nothing story. So, Braun Strowman, <laughs> Braun Strowman had been pictured um, 
attending a bare knuckle boxing event um, last week in was he, Tampa, was Florida. Was he running around the ring being a train? <laughs> he was just yeah, going raw, just like flipping over cars and stuff in the parking lot. He was, um, it was really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was basically pictured there. Um, uh, he basically said that it was Dana Brooke and her now fiance who were responsible for getting him seats to the show. Um, but Bare Knuckle FC, who were putting on the event, um, posted a picture on their official Twitter that basically said the next BKFC signee. Um, and it was Braun with the president of the company kind of, um, you know, doing like a, a cool guy, like handshake thing. Um, so that led to a lot of speculation around, well, hmm, could we see Braun Strowman maybe, you know, move into not mixed martial arts, but like bare knuckle fighting. Um, and he's since then kind of followed this up with, you know, maybe a bit of trolling or whatever, but like um, an eye emoji and just saying choices, choices, choices. So who knows? I'm, uh, I don't, like, I'm going to be, I really don't want to mean any disrespect when I say this, but I think it's fair to say that appearance doesn't always necessarily talk about toughness, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is the case for Braun, but, do you think he is someone who could be a legitimate fighter? Um, like he's definitely a big guy and he looks intimidating as fuck. But as you know from watching the UFC, Carl, sometimes it doesn't matter how big you are. You know, <laughs> yeah. you can't take a punch. You can't take a punch. Um, and I'm not saying again. I'm not saying Braun isn't a tough guy, but <laughs> he I is Braun. Get him, Braun. Get him. We we've only ever seen him, or I've only ever seen him in like obviously the strongman contest, which is totally different to fighting, or WWE, which is entertainment. So I'm curious whether that is an area that he would be interested in and and, and he could do. Like we've saw, and again, no disrespect to CM Punk, but we saw CM Punk try and go into a legitimate fighting arena and it did not work out well. Anthony disrespecting everybody without meaning any disrespect. And um, also, <laughs> what about this Jericho guy? <laughs> Isn't he fat? Um, that's, have you seen all, all that come out again? Everyone's slating him. It's a... Uh, yeah, oh, poor, yeah, poor Jericho. Joke pictures of um, Jericho versus Gage on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think to answer your question, I don't believe he's had any kind of boxing training um, that I'm aware of. I think he's always been, you know, more using guns than his fists, which is ironic since his catchphrase was "Get these hands." Um, so, <laughs> yeah. like, welcome to the gun show. <laughs> oh no, don't! You'll have that one next wherever he rocks up. But, <laughs> Um, I mean, it's an interesting one because you go to a heavyweight division and literally it only takes one punch. Um, and obviously it's bare knuckle fighting as well. So uh, you never know if he's got a lot of power, it, it could turn out for him. But I don't think there's much in this. I think it's um, a lot of people speculating just the fact that he was there um, and the fact that there's been no kind of links to any other wrestling companies. Um, and he hasn't done anything in terms of the, the body bodybuilding world. So, yeah, I think it's probably just conjecture at this point. But... Yeah, who knows? So, Crazier what things you're have saying happened. Is, um, bronze all show and no go. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying you want yeah. to get these hands. I'll have a better chance. No, I'm kidding. Don't get me, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, just a yeah, bit of a short one and maybe a nothing story, but newsworthy nonetheless. Because what does it all mean? What does it? Or well, you know, in in clickbait terms, Braun Strowman's a bare knuckle boxer. <laughs> Click the video to find out. And while you're there, hit that notification bell. That's a good, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that. So, Carl, Carl, Carl. Right? I've mentioned Nick Gage a couple of times so far. In, in, and it's not going to be the last time I mention him. But very recently, 
very, very recently, Carl, we had GCW Homecoming mm-hmm. taking place. And we saw one Matt Cardona going up against Nick Gage in a matchup that you wouldn't typically expect Matt Cardona to be in. It was a very bloody affair and a very hardcore match. And this was for the GCW World Championship, which Nick Gage at the time held. Mm. But surprisingly, and the reason it's newsworthy, is um, Matt Cardona is the new GCW World Champion. And he had to... It, it was a fucking... It, the, it's the kind of heat I've not seen anyone get in a long fucking time. And apparently this is like, it's all part of the plan, but the crowd fucking <laughs> hated this result. Yeah, Like... Throwing shit. He, he was just celebrating with his belt. I assume you've seen the videos going on the internet, car, but they are just throwing bottles and anything they can get their hands on. Just mm-hmm. so displeased. And it, it's interesting to see how much love they had for, for Gage, but it's almost like this protection of, like, he's he's an outsider. He's not one of us. He shouldn't have that belt. And yeah. I'm just like... And don't be wrong, by all accounts, you know, Matt's been lapping it up because he was going in to be the heel and he was going in to get that heat. And my God, did he get that heat. But um, on top of that, for the guy that we've seen in WWE for fucking years, how weird is it seeing him in this sort of capacity? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think anyone who is into Game Changer Wrestling or the hardcore wrestling scene, you can tell exactly why they um, reacted the way they did. Uh, obviously, they hate anything shiny and polished and, uh, you know, fake looking in any way. Like, literally, if you if you... You go in the ring with Nick Gage. He's a very good chance you're gonna die. He actually, he actually, like stopped breathing for like, I can't even remember how much it was. Um, at one point during a, a show, and they managed to revive him, and he just wanted to go back out there, and they wouldn't let him. And he was, he's still fuming to this day. <laughs> that that was the only match he was ever been able to knock, not kind of complete. Um, so he is a fucking psychopath. Um, he really is. So. Yeah, um, but I, th- this whole thing was fantastic. Like these guys started to have a bit of beef on Twitter like months ago, and no one ever thought anything would come from it. It was just kind of he was like, "Who the fuck's Matt? Car- he's oh my god, I just found out he's this goofy Zack Ryder bitch or whatever." Like you know, they were having that back and forth, and then um, yeah, it was just going on and on and on. And when it was announced, I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" Um, and yeah, my god, how brutal was it? I don't know if you if you if you managed to watch the whole thing or anything, but. There was a point where I think it was on the superplex through the um, like the glass fucking shield. Uh, Cardona mm. like proper had a deep incision in his arm. Well, they to actually the point... um, they showed you the the follow up photos. I think um, I can't remember. It was, it was Chelsea Green, sorry, was uh, was patching him up, and his wow. dressings were just covered in blood from that particular wound. Yeah, like. It was like... Deep, man. I thought they, I thought they'd have to stop it. To be fair, like he was just, he was dripping. I thought, oh my god, he's like done an artery or something. But I mean, fair play to the guys. Got some fucking balls, man. To to go well, in I there. Mean, to go from the guy who was like woo 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 in WWE to like this like fucking hardcore affair, you just wouldn't expect it. Do you know what's beautiful all? as well? I saw something, and apologies uh, to whoever did it because I, I can't credit them. But somebody put something. It might have been on Twitter or Reddit or somewhere, and it was like the top three most over superstars in 2011, or like most talked about superstars in 2011, it was Brian, Punk, and Zack Ryder. And now, <laughs> the most talked about this week are the same three individuals. And it's like, that is just... Every 10 shit. years. That shit. Um, so, yeah. And, but uh, like, he put up his troll work. Um, he actually put up a tweet after the match as well. 
um, saying, like, I haven't slept, I'm at the airport, my back is still bleeding, I'm the new GCW Wrestling World Champ, and I'm flying to Disneyland. And he <laughs> actually went. He did. He went, he took the belt with him as well, which is fucking fantastic. Well, even hashtag Deathmatch King, and I just love the fact that that's, what, that's the guy that went to Disneyland. Like, yeah. I mean, the thing that the thing that scares me for him now is he's gonna have to lose that belt at some point. Yeah. So this isn't a one and done kind of deal. Um, no, so, no, he's gonna have to defend that for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think he probably thought this through, and he's only making it worse because next time the fans might just start attacking him from the offset, uh, not even at the end of the match. Well, so the, uh, it might be like the twenty four seven title, and it's just gonna be a lot of running, a lot of cardio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. But yeah, like fucking, like honestly, fair play to the dude. Like to go in there with Nick Cage, you've got to, you, yeah, you've got to have some balls. Like, um, oh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, and madness, the fact that he won it as well. Like, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Oh, it's got anyone expected him to win. I really it's don't. Got so many eyeballs on the product as well, um, which is obviously great for for them. But um, yeah, anyone who hasn't watched that episode of Dark Side of the Ring about Nick Cage and GCW, then definitely get on it because. Uh, yeah, you can see like what it's all about and what they've all been and, doing. Yeah, really stuff. give you an idea of, of how hardcore it is, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it even shows you clips from that thing I was mentioning where he basically lost all that all that blood and basically went unconscious and like nearly like stopped breathing for a certain amount of time and stuff. So, yeah, it's a fun watch, I'll say. Um, yeah. Um, madness. Madness, indeed. So, the next one is a bit of um, sad news. Uh for Jeff Hardy, who has tested positive for COVID-19. So he was due to do um, an event um, at Record Bar, um, and it was these guys who announced it on their Facebook page that um, the event had to be cancelled because he had actually tested positive for COVID. Now, uh, obviously what that meant uh, was that he now has to isolate and he's had to miss um, at least one week of Raw. Um, probably you know two um, at a minimum I would say but it's a, it's an interesting time since he just kind of resurfaced um, is it this week? I think it's this week that we're talking about, who knows but yeah, he kind yeah, of resurfaced yeah. in the week that we're talking about um, and with his new entrance well his old entrance music but brought that back and he picked up a spectacular win against an opponent we wouldn't expect him to pick oh, up a no, win against yeah. so no, Interesting timing uh, for him, unfortunately. But yeah, obviously, hopefully, a speedy recovery for him, uh, and hopefully, indeed, yeah. you know, he was literally just working very recently, uh, you know, with other people in the company. So hopefully, it's a contained thing, and uh, yeah, no one else yeah, with any luck, yeah. comes down with it. So yeah, we're just short one, but wishing uh, Jeff Hardy a quick recovery, and hope to see him back soon. Indeed. So calm. Next one I've got for you, um, and should be the type of thing that you'd definitely be all over. The WWE have announced a United States of America versus Vince McMahon series, and apparently this is going to cover the um, what the steroid trials. Why, why do words escape me? Yes, steroids. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to cover all the controversy over the steroid trials uh, many moons ago, um, and it's uh, was it the Blumhouse team. Are, uh, are going to be working on it, but uh, it's interesting to know that it's it's a, a WWE product. I'm quite surprised mm. at that. Um, yeah. What what do you make of the potential for this? Because I'm surely there's going to be some negative towards Vince. So it's it's a controversial series to make, really. Yeah, I mean, I was initially a bit. 
like I was excited when I heard it was coming out. I was a little bit, you know, deflated when I found out it was in conjunction with WWE, just because, you know, how much of the truth and stuff are we actually going to get? Um, That's the bit that that gets me as well as like, well, they're, because they're even clearly saying it. Oh, we're thrilled to be collaborating with WWE, and it's like. But that's the bit that stops you from being biased. Mm. Uh, it stops you from being unbiased, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. I think as well that this would have been better if there wasn't an upcoming episode on Dark Side of the Ring about this as well, which mm. they won't pull any punches. So, you know, on the flip side of it, though, I'll definitely check it out. Um, it's going to be interesting to find a character playing Vince McMahon. Um, I don't, I, I'm not sure whether anyone played him properly in Young Rock. I know he was in it. I don't know whether he had like a speaking role or anything like that, or whether we even saw his face. Um, mm. Because I kind of haven't, I'm not up to date with it. But um, if if not, then this will be the first time anyone's ever played the character of Vince McMahon. So I'm excited to see who that is and, and what their portrayal of it will be. But you know, anyone who was around um, during the steroid trials, uh, or you know, who at least has, has read up on them and seen what went on, we know it was a it was a pretty brutal uh, brutal case, really. And it saw some of the biggest stars in WWE have to kind of step back and get out the limelight. You know, Hulk Hogan was consistently targeted, was in the was in a lot of media and press and talking about how there were no steroids in there and it's all just this, that and the other. And, you know, we know from other kind of shoot interviews from wrestlers that, you know, it was kind of littered with, with steroids and stuff. So it'd be interested to see what the what the take is on on it in this in this T V show really and, and whether how, how true to to life it is because obviously this was a this was an actual trial that happened and mm-hmm. you know if sort of, sort of they kind of exactly come out now and go oh yeah it was full of steroids because <laughs> like well, what, does, what does that mean so yeah interesting i just you just wonder how like how generous they're gonna be don't you like he was trying to, try to fight back against all these false accusations and all this kind of stuff Mm. But uh, I just don't know. Like it, it, it's a very controversial time for wrestling that because it was it was clear that that a lot of that was going on, and I think um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of the court case was around the um, the knowing elements for Vince, wasn't it? Because there's always going to be people who work for him who were doing stuff that he probably didn't know about. But I think it was the almost the expectation and the pressure to do so was the um, the issue for it, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think there was a couple of people who were you know former employees who basically said that you know it was strongly encouraged that they take them and you know if, if they didn't they would have like lose like lost the jobs and stuff like that so yeah it was kind of about the knowing and almost uh, kind of trying to orchestrate people doing it uh, by all accounts yeah. so yeah i think to your point it's gonna be very interesting to see you know what take they have on it whether it's kind of a the do a portrayal of like oh vince mcmahon you know saw the biggest uh threat to his company and he managed to overcome it all and blah 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 or whether it's a you know more of an expose yeah, but uh, again, one to watch. Uh, I don't think we've got an official announced date yet, but um, certainly keep an eye out, guys. It'll be, uh, be an interesting series, regardless of how they portray it, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next one, um, just another uh, quick one, um, but uh, it looks as though Emi Sakura um, from the uh, AEW Women's Division uh, has actually joined the company full-time now. Um, so she's announced on Twitter um, over the coming uh, the previous few days um, that she's coming back to the US with a one way uh, back to the US with a one way ticket, um, and basically saying that she's made the decision to join AW full time going forward. Now we did see her in the um, tournament bracket 
Um, and I think we were seeing a fair bit of it before the whole COVID situation as well, weren't we? It was yeah. um, kind of went quiet during COVID, and as you say, we had the tournament. But um, yeah, she she right saying she was massive in the in the Joshi Pro side of things. Like, um, yeah, she's a legend in Japan, isn't she? Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She's like yeah. she's huge over there. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what company uh, she worked with or anything like that. Um, but I know that she was really big over there. And I think at the time when they did the um, the title eliminator uh, bracket, I know that you know a lot of people were excited that she was in it and a part of it. So um, it's it's an interesting one, really. Uh, obviously, the the AW Women's Division continues to grow, continues to improve with talent of both up-and-comers and veterans and so obviously for her to come and bring her experience to the women's division seems like it can only be a good thing really so yeah. um whether that, that's face it's aw's women's division is looking better and better with them officially signing the likes of thunder rosa and that as well um with the way they've been building up people like Britt baker but um having an absolute legend join them full-time and further bolster that is just going to be fantastic and yeah, definitely. Let's face it. I've said this for a long time. We knew their women's division was was pretty shit starting out, and you know they've acknowledged that and they worked on it, and it's looking fucking good now. It's getting better and better. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know you, you referenced Britt Baker. Then um, Emmy Sakura actually said in her tweet that she's looking at the top of the division, and Britt Baker looks very interesting. So uh-huh. who knows whether that means she will come in and go, you know, get some some level of a push and be you know right up there in the card or you know or what but yeah i think it's uh, obviously great news for her if that's the next step she's taken in her career and who who knows you know what it might lead to as well whether it's as a an active roster for a couple of years or whether she maybe looks to transition into the coaching side as well because obviously she's she's uh, been quite known for that too so mm-hmm. well interesting stuff man interesting mm. stuff so here's one for you carl now I knew I wasn't a massive fan of the whole gimmick for Nikki Cross, a current one. Um, and admittedly, we'd not seen a lot of it, so I was more apprehensive than anything. But one thing I wouldn't do is fucking build out the building just for the gimmick. Because as we both said last week, we're absolutely made up she got a shot at the championship, and that she got the championship, right? Spoilers. <laughs> um, but um, apparently... What's been happening now, since obviously the, everything that's gone on with her, her title winning that, uh, on a couple of different house shows now, she's been almost sort of booed out the building. I don't want to exaggerate by saying booed out the building, but like, so we get a lot more negative reaction to her gimmick and her current run than I think WWE were expecting. Um, which, again, is a real shame because I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, seeing is believing. You can't just go, well, that that gimmick looks a bit silly so you know i'm done with this now you just have to wait and see because i mean i always go back to the likes of um hurricane which you could from a, a totally objective standpoint go well that looks silly and then you get into the gimmick and you understand the comedic value behind it and you're like actually that's pretty cool and then they end up working with the likes of the rock you just don't know <laughs> but um, yeah apparently it was um pittsburgh and louisville um but it was again I don't know if it was in reaction to the superhero gimmick or genuinely in reaction to the, the title, the championship, but apparently they, they don't take it seriously and she was booed. So, um, mm. yeah, I, this is a, from a Meltzer report, by the way, so. <laughs> oh, so it's completely false. Um, no, it's, 
It's it's an interesting one. I think you know what you've said there about the hurricane is a fantastic point. And you look at these types of gimmicks. You know, I think um, Damian Mizdow is another one. You know, where you look at it and it's like, oh, what he's a stunt double. He's going to start doing moves on himself, like. You know, yep. people absolutely fell over themselves and in love with that gimmick. The same people who hate the stuff on the indies of where there's like you know, exploding bombs down people's pants and like invisible people doing choke slams on you. But you know, they yep. love the stuntman gimmick. Um, so fans are fickle, and for whatever reason, they've obviously looked at this and they're taking it at face value as like, oh, Jesus, why is she a stupid superhero? Yada yada yada. Um, but you know, from seeing it on the actual like raw um and the kind of crowd reaction stuff it doesn't seem to be that way so interesting from a live event standpoint that the fans aren't super happy about it but i mean what what do they want more charlotte and ray ripley because we've had that for months so it's I'll kind be, of I, this is where i think that like i mustn't be a true wrestling fan because some of the stuff i just can't stand people fucking love and yeah. people people love Charlotte no matter what. And like I'm not gonna, she's a very talented person, but I'm sick of seeing her in the title scene. Yeah, it's 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 boring. Like, it's it's literally everyone's every expecting her to win the Queen of the Ring and there's so many people who are like, and she should and it's like I don't if Queen of the Ring happens, I don't want that. I don't want to see her no winning. Because why not use it to get someone over like you used to do with King of the Ring for fuck's sake? Mm. She can't be any more over. No. There's no more over to be. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, for me, for Nikki A.S.H., I think, is something different. I'm not a huge fan of it, um, I won't lie. But again, like, but again I, w- I think that's we've got to be honest with that, and I don't think either of us thought the gimmick, like, I don't think either of us were keen, keen on the gimmick when we saw it. But, you know, your Sandow um, reference is a really good shout, because I wasn't keen on that. And then you end up really enamoured with it when you see him pull it off. But you can't just look at it from the initial view. You have to wait and see what they do with that gimmick because it's that classic chicken shit into chicken salad thing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, the the fact is it's too early to tell. Like, we, we saw it mm-hmm. that first week and we're like, oh, no, what have they done? But if you look at it, and it you was know, a, objectively... Some of it was probably a massive juxtaposition as well because it's, like, literally just suddenly one week you're a superhero now. Exactly. Um, so it kind of came out of nowhere uh, and obviously... Yeah. The track record that WWE have got, we know it typically doesn't end well. So that was a factor too. But you look at what they've done with it over the, you know, what Nikki's done with it over the last couple of weeks, and you know, it's it's not been bad at all, really. So it's kind of it's one of them. I might, I'm still not completely enamoured by it as a gimmick, but it's not, you know, I'm not like cringing and stuff when it comes out. I'm not like Eva Marie, do you know what I mean? So mm. yeah, it's one of them. I think it's too early to tell. And obviously, it's you know, she's won, you know, as we said, spoilers, she's won the women's title which she's never managed to do with any of her other gimmicks. So there you go. It's got a title yeah. win. So exactly. can't be all bad. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, we, we're big fans of her and we hope she does really well anyway. And yeah, Louisville and fucking wherever the other place was, get off her back, damn it. I'll, um, I will be a, be a fair person here, Carl, and I'll go back and, and uh, correct myself and say that when I said heavily booed, uh, Meltzer's made a good point of saying she was not heavily booed. She was booed, but not heavily booed. I read that incorrectly, so I will apologise for that one. Oh right, okay. Hmm. So still booed, but not as uh, not as aggressively as I initially thought. Right, okay. Interesting either way. Don't boo her. She's she's yeah. a good. She's she's a, she's a face, isn't she? So if you meant to cheer, damn it. That's how exactly. that works. Um, okay, so the next one to talk about unfortunate piece of injury news but hopefully one that isn't too severe is that 
during the AEW Women's Championship match with Britt Baker taking on Nyla Rose um, at Fighter Fest Night 2. Um, it appears Baker has um, broken her right wrist um, during the match, uh, which is obviously not ideal. Uh, she was pictured with Paige Van Zandt uh, at the bare knuckle uh, boxing thing that Braun Strowman was at, funnily enough. Uh, and basically her arm was in a cast, but she's since uh, gone on Twitter, um, obviously posted that picture and just said that um, obviously she retained the title on Dynamite with a broken wrist and she's not taking any time off either and still. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what that I mean, means. I saw her every week when she was in a wheelchair, so I can't see her taking any time off. <laughs> no, well, exactly. Um, but it would be a bit of a shame if she's out of in-ring action for a while because... Oh, definitely, yeah. uh, Yeah, she's had so long off, and obviously um, fucking Rebel got injured as well again, like in the ring recently too, so, you know, shame for both of them. What I did find was amusing, and not like, I want to be clear when I say this, not at what's happened, but Chelsea Green had put in the comments back to Britt Baker, um, like... (laughs) Hi, fat... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, she she basically put something like... um, you know they can't keep us down or something with like a la- like a laughy face because she has also re-injured her wrist again, hasn't she? So, um, uh, although like I haven't read too much into it, so apologies if I'm slightly wrong here, but it sounds like almost deliberate, not deliberately, but she almost knew that she weren't ready to go back in the ring and did it anyway. In Chelsea's case, which wasn't ideal, but yeah, I think it's one of them. She she wanted to get back to it as soon as she could, um, which yeah, isn't the best idea, but. Yeah, hopefully the pair of them make a speedy recovery soon anyway. But um, yeah, interesting and good to know that Brit isn't planning to miss any uh, TV time anyway. But it remains to be seen what impact it'll have on her in-ring uh, work going forward. Right, so the last one for me, Carl. Do you know that three-hour-long Raw show that we have? Mm-hmm. And you go to yourself, three hours is just too much. What could they possibly use in three hours to fill that time? Well, one little thing they're putting in is the use of a raw robot. I shit you not. So, yeah. this what what does that mean, I hear you ask? So, apparently, he's already been seen. And I think they've used him a lot more frequently on the upcoming episode of Raw that we've definitely not seen yet, Carl. <laughs> um, and he's being used to, to introduce um, graphics for upcoming matches or bumper segments or as the lead-in like from commercial breaks, that sort of thing. Um, but weirdly, WWE haven't even acknowledged the Raw robot yet that we're aware of. He's just kind of there now, and people have likened him to Fox Sports mascot, uh, I believe, Cletus the robot from Fox Sports. So it might be a Fox thing. But, um, yeah, the the robot, as he's being coined, uh, can be seen on the show in, involved in the graphics and such like that, but they've not acknowledged that they've even got one. If that makes any sense. So you might have already seen it, but yeah, let's add some more silly graphics in. Why not? I just, I don't get their obsession with these fucking awful <laughs> graphics. We can, we can. <laughs> but like, I honestly just don't understand it. There's some God awful, like usage of this fucking technology. And it's, it's ridiculous. And now like, why, why even have a, a raw, like a raw robot? What does that even mean? Why, why is he there? It makes no sense. Because you get rid of that many um, 
you know, announcers and backstage people, you might as well get some CGI uh, robots to do all that for you. I get it, because they fired Eventually everybody. Eventually the wrestler will just be talking to himself and then they'll CGI in the interview later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, <laughs> I can see that happening. Um, but no, it just seems like a, another bizarre move. Uh, for whatever reason, somebody in that company is like, maybe we should try some random stuff and see how, you know, see what shit sticks to the wall. Maybe this week we'll use sound effects. You know, I feel maybe... like they've got someone there who, who like literally had like a, a degree in like uh, video graphics and was just like, I want to use it. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do? Um, but like, it, it is literally mental. Like to just try and random shit and just, yeah, like surely this won't stick around. Like it can't do like, what is the point of it? If it does, then uh, yeah. I'm baffled. Crazy move. Crazy move. Indeed. And that was the ringside report, Carl? It was. Lots of stories, lots of news, lots of happy haps. Um, And we'll be back to talk to you about um, Eddie Guerrero in our Superstar Spotlight um, and also everything that happened uh, in the previous week's uh, wrestling. So we'll be back after this noise. You're watching or listening to A to the K. The A to the K. 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 A